This is Let's Take Stock, the podcast for emerging companies looking at how you can leverage your equity to take your company to the next level. Hi, everyone. I'm Sinead Redmond. And I'm Alan Gould. So we're here to talk about the new market trends in VC investment, particularly in startups um, and tech startups. Last year, VC investment nearly doubled to $643 billion, which was up from $335 billion the year before. Um, and last year also saw 586 new unicorns compared to 167 in 2020 and over 1,000 IPOs in the US versus 471 a year earlier. But we're seeing a real change in the market. Um, so inflation is sitting at a four-decade high. And rising interest rates and the geopolitical uncertainty that we're seeing is causing share prices to fall. And so valuations are starting to plummet as well. Joining us today to look at how we ended up here and what you need to know to weather the storm is founder of the valuation software company Equidam, Daniel Falopa. So welcome, Dan. Great to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks so much for making the time to come in to chat with us. Um, so as we've kind of touched on, it's a, it's a pretty... Um, Roller coaster of a time out there at the moment. Would you would you say that's kind of what you're seeing as well? Is that accurate, or how would you describe the situation? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think like every every week there's a new crisis. That's kind of what we've been seeing for the past two years, you know. So so yeah, definitely a roller coaster. First with COVID, then uh, then with the war, now with the with the whole economy and and supply chain as well. Yeah, very difficult to. Let's say analyze, but also to predict where the where the whole thing is going as well. Yeah, Daniel, can I just jump in and ask where do you see the inflection point of when valuations really started to spike, and where did you see maybe like a pivotal point over the last few months where they clearly fell? You obviously mentioned the war. You mentioned some other macroeconomic factors. Yeah. So the thing is, like for for me, right? We we started about ten years ago, and. And valuation ha- valuations have always been climbing pretty much until now, right? And at the beginning, I think until 2018, 2019, it was really because um, I think it was right for them to climb. They were climbing for the right reasons. Startups were getting more understood. Business models were getting more understood. Uh, the capital was uh, understanding the risk and return of this and 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 just flowing to startups more and more. And, and valuations were, were getting to the right level, let's say. And then... You know, 2019, uh, 2020, like things were already pretty high in, in my opinion, where, you know, being a unicorn was not enough anymore. You had to be a decacorn and, a, and a, uh, what is the, the next one? I forget. So everything was already starting to be, to be overcooked and, and it was already a little bit, um, also because, you know, Tiger Global, SoftBank, big investors came in with a good thesis of, uh, invest super fast, invest at high valuations because software is the thing of the future. And, uh, and that kind of provided, I think, a framework for other investors to allow them to, to, to go out of their, let's say, discipline, maybe. And then COVID came, right? And COVID brought uh, a huge change, a huge uh, attention to the digital, uh, you know, opportunity. Uh, even more, it brought it brought change in behavior of people, and then also it brought a, an incredible amount of quantitative easing, right, and investment uh, from from the government as well. So everything kind of uh, remained very high, and uh, in terms of prices, despite a real crisis, a COVID crisis, a, a supply and demand crisis, and 
I think, you know, now you're seeing that unfold a little bit, right? It all started with inflation. Uh, inflation going up means government uh, increasing interest rates to try to counter that as much as much as they can. And and that means, you know, less investment in, uh, like they're basically trying to constrain the economy. And that basically means less money for, for startups, less money for investors. And so we're seeing this, this uh, downturn in valuation. Where, where did it start? It probably started, the, the smart ones are the ones that leave early, right? So I think the early, early signs were already in, in November, People were understanding that the the numbers that they were thinking during COVID were not gonna stick, right? Uh, Peloton was one of the first ones, and now you're seeing Netflix uh, famously, right? At some point, went down sixty uh, percent, and now kind of everybody is uh, is in that situation. Yeah. So what what I think I'm hearing you say, Daniel, is that it's kind of a course correction in the startup and tech marketplace that is reflecting a course correction that's happening in. The rest of the world as well, so it's actually not that surprising. Yeah, exactly. the 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 thing that uh, that I like, I think we see from from the numbers is that um, it's not a crisis of startup valuations. It's just a readjustment to a level that was probably pre hype, let's say, uh, and and pre COVID hype as well. Um, yeah, that's kind of our current thesis on this. Uh, you mentioned Peloton. There are other tech giants that would be kind of household names that have had. Um, I suppose, course correction in their valuation happen again? Would that be kind of part of the echoing of the COVID focus on digital and digital alone, and then coming back to a world that is more beyond our screens than it was in 2020, say? Yeah, I think the you know the there was a lot of hype on uh, well on on fintech as well. Um, valuation is always based on the future, right? And and especially from the point of view of some software companies where the valuation is based on the far far future, those are the ones that suffer the most. So, I mean, the valuation is still is still quite large. The multiples are. You know, nothing close to the starlight that they were during COVID, but they're still higher than, than after the 2008 uh, stock market crash. They're still at relatively, let's say, reasonable level. It allows companies to raise capital. So w- would you say that this is more a course correction that we're seeing, like a, a, a reflection of actual value as opposed to maybe a COVID overhype, overinflation as, in, as instead of, say, um, an analysis that says a company has done something wrong to see this drop in valuation. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. So the, the companies, um, the companies that are seeing the huge, the huge drops are the ones that did also have a change in strategy, right? Like uh, Peloton realized that um, the trend was not going to stick. Like those type of things are going to see the largest correction. In my mind, I always try to differentiate like what's the financial reality and what's sort of the, the business reality, right? So for now, business reality for uh, the vast majority of startups hasn't changed substantially like th- there's higher inflation there's a, uh, a higher difficulty in borrowing a higher difficulty maybe in in raising money but you know the customers are still there they are still you know spending money like business wise i don't think too much has changed right definitely not enough to justify a 70 80% drop in valuations for some companies right and the other 
part is the financial side, right? So yeah, increasing interest rates, maybe like decreasing overall optimism uh, on digital, things like that, that are not company specific are there, but you know, they're there this week, they're not there next week. So it's, it's all gonna, it's all gonna depend. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's definitely a course correction on the, on the hype for, for startup valuations. And then the business actual effects are, are minor. Interesting. And Daniel, you mentioned the, the financial crisis, you alluded to it very briefly. I'd love to get your thoughts on where do you see this period of, we're probably in a recession now, but where would you compare it to in the past? Um, I know Fred Wilson has a, a great newsletter that he puts out weekly, AVC, and he alluded to comparing it to the early 80s. Would love to hear your thoughts on that and what you would compare this particular period to. Well, I'm... I'm not that old, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, it's a good question. It's definitely different, I think, than uh, the 2008 crisis that was very, let's say, segregated to the financial sector and to the investing sector. This time, there is a way different situation, especially of uh, the dollar and, and the U.S., yeah, so I, I think it's it's difficult. Either it's gonna be way milder, let's say, and like you know, kind of like a speed hump, let's say, and and the world is gonna remain to stay the same, or it's gonna be something really different with a potentially. I know, like Ray Dalio has this theory on the change of world order with like, um, you know, China coming on top and and the U.S. Uh, taking second stage, and that you know that that would be a huge that would be a huge change. Um, the, the other thing to mention is that every there's going to be a huge difference in both in industry and in geography, right? Because we're seeing, uh, for example, Africa uh, still going really strong on on early uh, earlier funding rounds. Uh, South America as well, the thesis is still there, and it also depends, yeah, on industry for sure, and also on uh, size of the funding round as well. So smaller companies, uh, earlier stage, uh, smaller valuations, they are holding out much better. There is still there's still a lot. A lot of capital compared to 2018, 2017, or something like that is still we're still at, at unprecedented amounts of capital to be invested in uh, in startups. So that's gonna endure, in my opinion. And startups per se are not connected that much with like the let's say macroeconomic trends and and inflation as well, right? So again, financial side and business side. What's different for startups uh, on the business side? Not much. The internet is going to stay. Digital is going to stay. You know, and maybe not as much as uh, was hyped during COVID. But um, the thesis is known. The capital is there. Um, things are gonna are gonna continue for startups for sure. Yeah, agreed. From from what I'm seeing as well, there's definitely a lot of dry powder out there, and there's definitely opportunities for for founders to still raise, and the outliers and the the strong businesses with strong unit economics will still raise. Um, for founders listening, what would your advice be? If it's a Series A, Series B company looking to set a valuation for their their raise in the next few months, you mentioned benchmarks and maybe multiples. What would your advice be for founders looking at maybe the reset in public markets and comparing that to their own valuation and, and using multiples to, like you say, forecast yeah. out what it potentially could be valued at? Yeah, I mean, generally, we, we, we advise to do something more specific than just applying uh, multiples because every company is very, is very unique. 
Um, so I would say like try to estimate your your future. Try to adjust. You know, if if there's a change in 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 the market you are you're working in, try to try to adjust also your projections on that. And then you know conduct evaluation. Discuss it with a few investors that maybe have a better pulse on the market than than you as a single startup uh, might have. And then adjust from there. You know, get a feel for what the demand for your specific company is. Because again, there's a huge difference in location, type of business industry. And, um, you know, it, it might be that you're not feeling maybe even this, uh, this downturn, right? As a downturn, especially if you were fundraising in 2017, 2016. I think this, the, the market right now is still like way better than it was back then. So should, yeah, it, it could be okay. So what happens for funders who, or founders rather, <laughs> founders, not funders, um, what happens for founders who have had a valuation and maybe seen that dip um, in this kind of course correction or market correction that we're talking about? And what would your be, your, be your advice to them in future funding rounds for how to manage that? Well, the, the main effects are, so if they, if they raise during the, let's say, more, more hype period, right? And, and they need to raise again in the short term, they're likely going to have a, a down run, right? So raise at a lower valuation than what it was before. The consequences there, I think, are mostly, um, I mean, for, for the founders, all right, they're going to suffer a higher dilution if they were already pretty close to, you know, a stake that for them is too low or something like that, then that's a little bit of an issue there. But the, I think the major problem is on the employees because most of the times with a down, a down round looks really bad uh, for future funding rounds for investors. But in this case, everybody knows uh, that you raised before, you know, you raised in 2021, you're raising in 2022, the situation is different. So the down round shouldn't affect too much the fundraising for investors themselves. But uh, I think for employees that got stock options, that got uh, equity compensation one way or another, it's a big reset. So... You know, the question of retention and, and motivation of employees, I think, is the biggest, uh, the biggest problem of this. This, I think, is the most sort of business consequence, not financial consequence of a down run. And, and that's what risks uh, the company as a whole, if you ask me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I suppose tracks with what, we, what, what myself and Alan would see about how, um, how companies would use um, stock options and equity to entice and reward employees. Um, but I guess if we're talking about um, seeing 2021 as maybe a once-off, uh, then holding on and holding through the kind of correction of now and seeing where the next couple of years go um, is has, still has potential to be really rewarding for employees who do hold um, equity and stock in, in those kind of tech companies we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I think every case is very specific, right? And and for the for the more extreme ones, it, like some companies might uh, change the the exercise price of those options or like you know cancel them and issue new ones. Um, it all depends. It's an incentive mechanism in the end, right? So it all depends on what what makes the most business sense for them. And Daniel, from the say from the LP side, um, what do you think the sentiment is there? What's your What's your thoughts on, say, new entrants into the venture asset class? You mentioned Tiger, not a new entrant, but far more active in the last 12 to 24 months. I've seen figures like 80% down, maybe, or they were up in 2020, 80%, and then maybe down 40 to 50% in the last two to three months. 
and then you have other LPs from other other geographies, other areas of of institutional business coming in and and bringing in new money. So, how do you see that going going forward? Do you think there's a stick or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's a good question. So, what we saw in two thousand eight was that the first, basically, the first thing that 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 went after the crisis was uh, corporate investment in startups. Right? They 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 didn't have money for the necessities. They're not gonna do uh, extra startup investments. Let's say this time is different because there's so much money uh, that was pumped into the, especially into large companies during during COVID. That now is under inflation pressures. Right? So it, it needs to. To be invested otherwise it just loses value because of inflation so it's a good question for now it seems that the influx of capital is holding and you know the fact that valuations went down is probably for that aspect at least is a good thing because the, the returns hopefully are going to be are going to be higher are going to attract even more capital in a, in a world where returns are very uncertain and volatility is super high on all asset classes uh, i would i would actually expect that this is going to hold conservatively hold it's not going to grow like uh, more, I would say, but I I think it's going to hold. Yeah. Okay. No, really interesting to hear, and I think very it's positive, definitely for for founders listening that there's still opportunity to raise. It's not all doom and gloom as you might read on VC Twitter and and whatnot. So it's there's definitely capital to to be raised out there, and there's there's definitely opportunity. And we mentioned unit economics and kind of strong fundamentals for for companies. How would you, or what would your thoughts be on on that currently? And what do companies need to show when raising and then subsequently looking to to value their companies going forward? Yeah, so we went back to more serious due diligence, I think, and to more serious investment cases, right? And and so definitely, unit economics are not going to have a over weighted importance they're just going to have the right importance uh and and fundamentals and and, and things uh that you know they didn't have when a, a term sheet was expected in 24 hours uh like during covid right so definitely uh, a return of that uh which is in my opinion a, a good thing i think that the the important thing is uh always to to note that like it, startup investing is a competitive landscape, right? So it's not about making a checklist of points in order to raise. It's more like, okay, is the startup the best of the class, let's say, the best of the class that that investor is going to see? And, you know, they, they're going to see 100, they're going to invest in, you know, five of them or two or, or whatever the number is. So are you, uh, are you there? So in terms of how has the mindset of the investor changed in that equation when they're going to compare you? Uh, probably, yes, sustainability and, and, and unit economics of the business are going to be more important, but that doesn't mean, I don't think it's going to mean like, too important like it was you know five six years ago where people were looking at you know profitability in a in a three-year-old startup or something like that you know where the model in my opinion is understood on, on how to get to market with a startup so daniel if i could ask you one kind of final question to wrap it up for the founders listening if you were to put a positive spin on this kind of market change for any founders out there what would it be what would the what would the upside be that you would that you would kind of wrap up and present in a nice package <laughs> no i like um i i don't think you know we need to go very far to find some optimism i think this type of crisis if we want to call it crisis has brought a, a lot of uh, volatility and and that's where you find opportunity um 
there are, there's going to be there's going to be big winners and big losers but i would say every founder is very optimistic otherwise they wouldn't be a founder so they're going to think they're in the big winners so in that sense uh, change brings opportunity and the other thing that we've seen is that it also shakes up the establishment, let's say, right? So if you have one of those startups that uh, necessitates from like a rule change or a habit change or things like that, like those things, as we've seen with COVID, they are much easier to change during a time of, uh, of crisis. So, you know, I think those are among the most two interesting positives of, uh, of, of today's situation. So all change brings opportunity. <laughs> for founders, for optimistic founders, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks for that, Daniel. Um, and thanks for your time today. We really appreciate you joining the podcast. Um, some really, really excellent insights in there and some great takeaways for founders. Thank you. My pleasure. And thanks to you all for listening to Let's Take Stock by Global Shares. Make sure to follow us on your streaming platform of choice to be notified straight away when we release a new episode. Until next time, take care. You've been listening to Let's Take Stock, produced by DustPod.io for Global Shares. To get the inside track of what's going on in the VC and startup landscape, click follow on your podcast player right now so you get the next episode automatically. Let's Take Stock is brought to you by Global Shares at GlobalShares.com.